You know, my grandmother passed away some time ago and I remember my final conversation with her as I was feeding her one of her last meals, which was lasagna. She loved lasagna and she couldn't say much and couldn't speak uh, a whole lot, you know, in her last few days. And I remember asking her a very, very pivotal question for me in my life. And it was, how did you and grandpa make it so many years? And how is it possible that, that I can make it that many years? What's the key? What do I need to know? How did you guys do it? Because you guys went through so much. And my grandmother, without hesitation, said, communication is key. You have to communicate. That's how it all works. If you don't communicate, everything is going to fail. Communication is key, Mio. And I never forgot that. Perfect mess is my perfect mess. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 35 of the Perfect Mess Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Molina, and uh, I'm really happy that you're here with me uh, for another episode. It's been a lot going on recently, um, and I'm sure you can tell from the intro, uh, this is going to be a pretty deep, uh, at least a a deep episode for me. Um, A lot has been going on. Uh, you know, I've had a lot of things that I've been doing, um, a lot of rediscovering and a lot of, I would say, letting down my guard, you know. Uh, so uh, I got to be honest with you, this uh, I was a little nervous doing this episode. I've kind of put it off for a little bit. Uh, but, you know, like everything in my life, I'm going to just hit it head on and uh, hopefully uh, you guys get something from it and hopefully I get something from it, you know, like some relief, um, because it's just one of these things that I kind of need to get out there. You know what I mean? Um, so anyways, uh, first of all, happy late mother's day to all the mothers out there, uh, including my mom, uh, my grandmother, uh, who you heard me speak about who passed away. Uh, my grandmother B, um, she had passed away some years ago, but, uh, she was, uh, more than a grandmother to me, she was like a mom to me because she raised me, um, helped raise me. Um, so it was, she's just, she was just such an, a very, very important, you know, piece to my life, uh, and upbringing. So I want to say happy mother's day to my grandmother. I miss you and I love you. Uh, happy mother's day to my mom. Uh, sometimes she listens. So if she hears this, I love you. Uh, and I, you know, I can't wait to see you again. Uh, she lives out there in Colorado and obviously, uh, things have been a little weird over the last year, but we're, uh, getting there and hopefully, uh, 
sometime this this summer I'll be able to go and see her and um, and see how she's doing and and catch up on life, right? Um, here's the thing. Oh, actually, and happy Mother's Day to um, my kid's mother. Uh, and I just thank you for everything that you do for our children. Uh, just thank you for um, thank you for being you and. Uh, and helping us to get to a better place, um, where we are right now. Um, because I couldn't have done that, uh, by myself. Um, you know, we're a team, we're raising two boys and you're a part of that. And I thank you for that. So happy mother's day. Uh, and thank you for giving me my two most precious things in my life. My sons. Thank you. Uh, so, um, yeah, man, Mother's Day was, uh, was cool. Mother's Day. I, I often think about my mom, uh, because, you know, I, I think back to, you know, growing up with my mom, my mom was one of those, uh, one of those moms who could whip up something in the, in the kitchen for dinner, uh, that, you could go in there as a kid and see nothing, no food in the refrigerator, no food in the cabinet, no nothing. And you could be starving and you could be yelling and being upset and saying, mom, there's nothing to eat, yada, yada, yada. And my mom was the classic mom who would say, just go sit down and watch TV and let me take care of it. And somehow, miraculously, she would put together these meals uh, from stuff that I had no idea was in the house. Uh, but she just had this knack for being able to pull that off. That was my mom. My mom, uh, you know, she could take a dollar and stretch it for as long as she needed to until the next payday. Um, she just was great like that. You know, my mom, uh, you know, she's 4'11", and you may look at her and be like, wow, she's small, she doesn't look like much, but my mom was a soldier, man. My mom went through so much in her life. Um, and she literally dedicated her life to her kids. You know, I, I was, a um, an only child for almost 11 years of my life. Uh, and then we had my sister and, um, she basically dedicated her life to us, to making sure we were okay. And that was my mom. Um, you know, and she does that to this day. Um, oftentimes I have to remind my mom that I'm in my forties, that I don't need her to do certain things or to do, uh, you know, to just do things for me, you know, her being out in Colorado, uh, it's a little different now, but you know, I just have to remind her, Hey mom, I'm, I'm okay. I'm in my forties now. I got it, you know, but she's a mom and that's what she's used to doing. Uh, so there are times when, I allow her to do certain things. Like when I go into town to visit her, um, you know, she will go above and beyond to try to do like extra things for me. I'm like, Hey mom, I can make my own food. I can do it. Mom, I can get my own something to drink with ice. And, but she just wants to do it. You know, she doesn't get to see me much these days. Um, even prior to the pandemic, she doesn't, she didn't get to see me much cause we live in different States. So I've gotten better at just when I see her, I just let her do what moms do, even though I'm of age and I can do it for myself. That's just what makes her feel good. You know, she 
she just feels good doing that for her son. So I allow it. Um, but my mom is fantastic. You know, she is a trooper. She has been through some very, very terrible stuff in her life. Uh, you know, I always reference my Instagram, but uh, if you caught my Instagram post uh, regarding my mom on Mother's Day, uh, then you see I got pretty deep on um, on why I appreciate her um, because of all the demons and things that she battled when she was younger um, and just fighting through that to raise me. Um, and I think back to all the times that maybe I had talked back to her and disrespected her when I was younger and just the nerve of me doing that when this woman put herself last to make sure that I was okay, to make sure that my sister was okay. Um, and now to make sure that her grandkids are okay. You know, the nerve of me, um, she knows I love her. She knows that, uh, you know, that there are, there are just so many things that I've had to deal with over the last few years that, um, she's kind of just needed to play the back role on because I needed to get through them myself. I didn't need her to hold my hand, so to say. Um, so that was hard for her because she always wants to help, but I have had to tell her, I need you to just understand. I need you to understand that I'm, uh, I'm going to be okay and I can do this on my on my own and in order for me to survive this I have to do it without your help. So, you know, my mom <laughs> she that kind of hurts her feelings sometimes, but it is what it is, you know. Um it's just the way life needed to be for me for the last 4 or 5 years. Um but I love her to death and um excuse me. I've been changing that saying. I don't love her to death. I love her to life. Um, you're going to hear me say that a lot because that is something that I've been teaching myself. I don't, I don't really like that saying anymore. When someone says, uh, you're going to be the death of me or I, you know, I love you to death. Nah, you know, I'm going to be the life of you. You know, I want to bring life to you. I'm, uh, I'm going to love you to life. Um, I like that saying better and uh, that's just what I'm going to be using. So, uh, anytime you hear me slip up, I'm going to change it up and that's what I'm going to be saying from now on or. I've been saying that for a while now, but be sharing that with you guys. All right. Um, you know, I, uh, I, I had my kids, you know, my kids always want to do certain things for Mother's Day. And, you know, one of the things that they like to do is they like to, uh, get their mom flowers. Um, that's another thing that I always share on Instagram and uh, so they, they, they got their mom some flowers and and did that this year. Um, and I believe uh, we did, um, what did we do? It may have been Olive Garden. Although, see, I always get Mother's Day and their mom's birthday confused because they're so close. Um, I think we did the Olive Garden uh, gift cards for uh, her birthday, if I remember right. But... I, I try to do all these things for these days, um, even though we are no longer together, uh, because I want to instill uh, these qualities in my sons. I want them to understand that uh, this is what a man does. This is what um, this is how we take care of the women in our lives who love us and take care of us and make sure that we're OK. Uh, so I'm trying to instill that with them. 
all the time. So my kids, you know, we did the flower thing and then they spent Mother's Day with their mom. Uh, and I don't know if they went to Olive Garden, uh, but, you know, Olive Garden was the gift that I, now that I remember, it is the gift that we gave her for her birthday. So, um, but yeah, we do, I do little things like that with them just to kind of make them understand that, Hey, even though we're not together anymore, uh, this is what we do. You know, she's, she's mommy, daddy's thankful for her. Uh, and I know you guys are thankful for her because she does a wonderful job. Um, and if I don't do it with them, who's going to do it with them? You know what I mean? So that's part of me just stepping up and, and being the best father I can be and best role model I can be. So if you're listening and you have kids uh, and you have gone through a divorce or a separation, um, you know, I, I just highly recommend that you continue to show your children uh, how much you appreciate their mom um, and mom's. I, I hope you guys do that for your, uh, significant other, um, even whether you're together or not on father's day, it's just very important that the children see that if you can do it, because I know things get hard when you separate, there are a lot of different variables that come into play. And sometimes the relationships aren't the best, but if you are in a good place and somehow you can get it there, I suggest you do it because it's a great way to teach your kids early that you can still appreciate one another, even though things didn't work out. All right. Um, give me one second right here. All right. Okay. Um, like I said, I'm going to keep this podcast super raw guys. Uh, anytime I'm working on things, I'm, you're just going to hear me making transitions and whatnot. So, um, uh, moving forward, um, you know, I put a post up the other day, uh, and I took a black and white photo of my homework setup. Well, one of the homework setups that I have, because a lot of you guys know that I closed my office and I now work from home, uh, full time. And, uh, I put up a, a picture of my laptop and, um, a vinyl cutter that I have to do some of the, some of the designs and, and things that I do from home. And, it was about, you know, working from home through the pandemic and never going back to work a nine to five, which I haven't worked a nine to five in over 10 years. Um, but I called it a scamdemic and it really, it hit a nerve with a really good friend of mine. Um, and I kind of had a feeling when I put this post up that it was going to rub, rub a few people's feathers the wrong way. And that wasn't my intention. I felt like that after I posted it, I was like, man, you know what? This is probably going to hit a nerve with some people. Mm. Excuse me. I'm drinking a little tea. Um, and it did. And unfortunately, it rubbed um, one of my really good friends the wrong way. And I need to clarify that. I already clarified it with him, you know, and hopefully he's good because uh, I love him to death and we've been friends since I was in high school. Um, I want people to understand that when you are on my social media and you hear me refer to this pandemic that we went through last year, um, and that we're slowly come, well, we're starting to rapidly come out of it now. Um, and you hear me refer to it as a scamdemic. I don't want you to, 
to get confused and think that I'm talking about, I don't believe in the virus, that I believe it's fake, that I don't believe it's this, I don't believe it that. When I personally refer to this thing called a scamdemic, it has nothing to do with the virus being fake and I don't believe in it. I 1000% know it's real. I know people have gotten sick from it. I know people who have almost died and I know people who have died from this. Okay. Um, so I know it's real. So when I refer to this thing as the scamdemic, I am coming from a business standpoint and that's what that post was about. So from a business standpoint, the way the government handled this whole thing with shutting down small businesses and basically killing the entire small business sector of this country and leaving these big name companies uh, to make trillions and trillions of dollars throughout this whole thing. That's where I get the idea of the scamdemic because it made no sense for how they destroyed small gyms, churches, how they dis destroyed, you know, all the small businesses that have been around for years, that the restaurants and all these businesses, they shut down and probably are never coming back. They destroyed all of them, but let, let all the big name companies stay, stay open. All the stores and, and that have thousands of people coming in and out all day. As long as you wear a mask, you can go in there and shop. You can go and do all these things, but you couldn't go to this small mom and pop spot because they couldn't apparently follow the rules. Uh, you didn't think that they could follow the rules accordingly and, and it wasn't an essential business. So you shut them all down. That's where I get the scamdemic from. So when you see me put something like that on my Instagram, please, if for anybody new who's listening or anybody that's that knows me, I want you to really understand what I'm saying. This is not about the virus and me saying it's fake. And it's, I, I, I trust me, I, I like I told him, my mom got it twice. So I know it's very real. What I'm referring to as the scam is the way they handled destroying all of the small businesses and keeping the bigger businesses afloat and letting these guys make trillions and trillions of dollars while we basically were trying to survive. Um, and a lot of us didn't. Um, so that's where it comes from. Um, and I and I felt bad when um, when I seen his post and reply because he was a little upset, you know, saying that he had a he had ended up in the hospital and, or and he he thought, it, you know, he was, you know, going to die alone. Uh, and that hit me because I do care about him. That's that's my boy. One of my boys from a long time ago. And um I just didn't want him to understand, like, I wanted him to understand that that's not what I was referring to. And I told him I love him, and I said, you know, I'm glad you're okay, and I told him my mom got it twice, um, but I have a different view, and it wasn't the view on the virus itself, you know, and, and, and all that. It's the business end of it. That's where I came from, and that's what that post was about. So, you know, I just felt like I needed to get on this podcast and talk about that um, for some clarification, because I know that there's a few people... Um, that just didn't like that post. Uh, it's still up on my Instagram. Uh, I have no plans to take it down. Like I told you, I live, I live openly and I discuss all the things that make me, me openly. And, um, it is what it is. Um, but I wanted to clarify that, um, in case anybody missed it when I had posted it and, uh, I just figured I'd come on the podcast and share it with you guys. So 
So yes, I know the virus is real and I know it is deadly. Um, and I know we have lost some wonderful people to this virus, but, uh, that post in particular was not referring to that. So, all right. So anyways, if you're listening, bro, I love you. And, uh, I'm super, super happy that you're okay. Um, not only for you, but for your children, uh, and for your wife. Um, moving forward, uh, you know, I took a, some of you may have seen also, uh, I took a trip to Arizona and, uh, man, I, it was my first flight in over a year, you know, because of all the restrictions and whatnot. And I honestly wasn't going to take the flight because if they were going to have me do the vaccine and, and do all this stuff, I was just like, I'm not, I'm not doing all this. I'm just not, I have my personal preference and I'm just not doing it. Uh, but I didn't need to take the vaccine. I didn't need to uh, take a COVID test. I didn't need to do anything. I just needed to wear a mask and uh, and show up on time. So, but this is how you know I haven't traveled in a while. Okay, so i I got to the air. So I got to the airport, and we're uh, you know I had a hiking trip, a hiking uh, trip planned while I was in Arizona with my buddy. So before I excuse me before I went to the airport, you know I packed. I only carry, a, you know, about a carry on. I don't really pack heavy anymore, but I had my backpack in there, my hiking backpack. And I remember I had a knife on there. So I took the knife off. Um, and then I'm thinking, okay, I got to get, you know, uh, my boy who's getting married. I got to get him a gift. And I had a nice bottle of, um, Moet, uh, champagne. And I was gonna, you know, I packed, you know, I packed that in there and then, um, what else? I think that was it. And so I packed it all up not thinking, caught my Uber to the airport, uh, got to TSA, and what do you know? Uh, I get stopped, and they're like, uh, you know, you need to you need to come over to the side, and I'm like, oh my goodness, what did I do? And so the guy goes, this is, your, is this your bag? And I said, yeah, and he goes, hey, um, yeah, we're going to need to check it out. And I'm like, okay. So he un- unzips my bag and he's like, okay, you can't have this here. He goes through my hiking backpack and there's this, um, you know, the multi-tool, uh, you know, has pliers. It has n- a knife. It has, uh, you know, scissors. I'm like, oh my God, it's like a Swiss army knife, but that's not what it was, but it was something similar. And I was like, you know, I totally forgot that was in there. He's like, yeah, I can't, you cannot have that in there. So he takes that and then he goes and bro, he's like, I can't, you can't take this bottle of champagne like like this is it's liquid you know i'm like ah oh, man i'm like he's like you want to take this over there and um you know and you want to just take your bag your bag back and check it and i was i got i had half a mind i'm not gonna lie to tell him you know let's just pop it and let me down it right here <laughs> but uh he, i thought he i don't think he would have thought that was too funny so i was like um you know what, man? Just keep it. Enjoy the champagne. Whoever ends up with it, I hope you, I hope you enjoy it. Just keep it. Uh, and then he took my, um, what did he take? My sunblock. Because he said the tube was too big. I had a, a big tube of sunblock that was in my backpack as well. And he took that. So uh, they took three things from me. And I'm like, man, you could tell I haven't flown in a while because uh, I've never been stopped by TSA. And here I am, you know, making a bunch of rookie mistakes. So anyways, they take all my stuff. Uh, they take those three things and then I'm on my way to Arizona. Um, you know, I had a good buddy of mine out there, um, Mondo Nahara, uh, 
the guy that I met when I had moved to Denver, Colorado back in, I want to say I moved out there in 01 or 02. I think it was 02. Uh, and I lived out there for almost, almost five years. Uh, met him in a group of group of guys that he went to high school with. Um, and they all became really good friends of mine. They were like, aside from a, a handful of, um, musical artists that I met when I was moving out there to do music and whatnot, these guys, um, weren't in the music business. They were just a bunch of guys that I met. Um, well, one of them I met online and then I ran into him at a concert. He was just, just there to go see a concert. And then we all clicked and became friends. And these were, so these were my non-music friends that, uh, that I bonded with out there. And, um, so Mondo, you know, is getting married. Uh, he moved out to Arizona, um, and decided to marry, uh, the woman that he fell in love with, which is awesome. But, uh, I got out to, to, uh, Arizona and I ended up linking up with my boy, Gene, who's also in that circle of friends I was just telling you about. And Gene, uh, I probably haven't seen Gene in about 10 years. And Gene, man, Gene is an amazing, Gene's an amazing guy. Cause I, I, <laughs> I call Gene the Martha Stewart <laughs> because, you know, every time I see Gene on Instagram, he's doing something creative. He's trying to, he's trying to better himself. He's trying to learn how to make things and cook things and, and decorate his home. Cause he bought a home with his brother. And, and so he's, uh, you know, he's just learning. Now you gotta understand, I've got probably nine years on Gene. All right. So Gene is, is single, um, good looking guy has had, you know, He's got as many opportunities, if not more than the average guy that I know, uh, to meet women. He has no problem meeting women, but Gene's in an interesting spot in his life now where he, you know, he enjoys dating, but he's definitely getting to that point where he's like, you know, I I do want something more. Uh, It doesn't have the same feel for me, you know, serial dating. It's just not as fun as it used to be as I get older. And I said, man, I, I hear you. Um, but Gene is just, you know, he's been spending time uh, just getting better, becoming, I think I referred to this on my last po- uh, my last podcast where I said, you know, trying to get yourself to be the best version uh, of you. So when you meet this person, this person is getting the best version of yourself. And that's what Gene's working on. So Gene's been, you know, staying in shape. Gene's always been in shape, but Gene's been staying in shape, working out. He's, uh, you know, he, he makes his own whiskey. (laughs) He became a whiskey connoisseur. He makes his own whiskey. Um, you know, he, like I said, he, he's a homeowner now. Uh, so he's been doing some decorating. He's been building tables. Uh, he's been making candles, homemade candles. Like it's, it's absolutely nuts. The stuff that he does, but it's awesome to watch because you know, Gene's just trying to be that well-rounded man that so when he meets, you know, the love of his life, he's he has all these things to offer. You know what I mean? Um, and you got to love that. At least. I don't know. I think you do. You got to love it. You know, um, so that's Gene. So Gene is uh, Gene picked me up from the airport. I was going to Uber to the hotel and wait till I could check in. But Gene was like, yo, I'll pick you up from the airport. And, uh, so he picked me up and man, it was just really good to see Gene and, uh, and hang out with them. So I spent my first day there with him. Uh, we went and, uh, you know, to his hotel first, uh, had a couple of whiskeys and, um, 
I got to tell you, man, most of you guys know I don't drink like I used to anymore. So we had a couple of whiskeys on the rocks, man. And, um, you know, yeah, I got to admit, I was a little, especially in that Arizona heat, I was a little sideways. <laughs> Not heavy, but I was a little sideways. Uh, so we had to mix it up a little bit. And I think the third one we did, we uh, threw a little club soda in there to kind of, kind of, you know, ease it, ease it in a little bit. <laughs> um but it was good, you know, catching up and we got to talking, um, you know, we got to talk about life. We got to talk about stocks and investments and goals and dating and all these things, um, things that men in their mid, late thirties and in their forties talk about, or at least they should be talking about because we, you know, I feel like if we're talking about serial dating and and trying to to find the next you know who to to knock down and who's doing what at this age I feel like if we're doing all that we're not we're not getting better you know and we're not maturing um so we we were talking about all these these wonderful things of of what we're trying to do so I put him on you know I asked him if he had got into crypto and he said he, uh, you know he's He's been in the stock market for a while. He's done some investing and whatnot, but he hasn't really jumped into crypto. So I gave him a few tips, you know, uh, and before you knew it, you know, he was downloading the app and threw some money at a, at a crypto that I, that I, that I have that's off the shelf and, and voila, and now he's all in. And so he was excited about that. And, uh, we talked about the possibilities of that thing, uh, you know, taking off and, possibly changing our lives for the rest, you know, for the rest of our future, our kids, for our future grandkids, all that. Um, so that was fun to talk about. Um, you know, he started talking to me about, you know, what the dating scene has been like for him and, you know, and how that's going. Uh, and he asked me about me, how life is and, you know, and he, he sees a lot of the stuff that I post on my Instagram. Um, but I just told him, I said, you know, I'm in a better place now. I'm not, I'm not, I'm happy that I'm not bitter. I'm happy that I'm no longer upset and angry and, 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 you know, having this woe is me attitude and like, man, you know, the world owes me, you know, I did this, I did that. I, I'm just happy. I'm not there. I'm happy. I'm, um, I'm just a better father. I'm happy that I'm a better man. And, um, I'm happy about the possibilities of, of love again, you know, and, and not, not holding myself hostage to past failures um, and things that just didn't work out. Um, and he's like, you know, bro, he's, you know, he's, he could see it. He was like, man, I know I, I see it. You know, I see it with you. And it was good for me to talk to him about that because I, I you know, I am in a better place. You know, I'm away. I'm away from home. We're here. We're sitting by the pool. We're having some whiskeys. We're talking life. And um, I just felt good. And, you know, uh, it's just great to get out and have this adult conversation. You know what I mean? Um, you know, me and Gene started talking about our parents and how young they were um, when they had us, you know, and how, uh, you know, his parents are divorced. Mine were obviously divorced twice. Um, but he started referencing, you know, his relationship with his father and how he, uh, you know, um, his dad didn't express a lot of, um, emotions with him. You know, he had his, he had his way of saying, I love you. 
um, and connecting with them. And it wasn't with words. It was just kind of with action. And you just knew by certain things he was doing, that was his way of saying, hey, I love you and I'm glad you're here. Um, and he said his dad softened up as uh, he started to have, uh, you know, uh, little kids around, grandchildren. Uh, I guess, I, I believe, if I remember correctly, it's from a, a new relationship he was in and, and little kids being around and his basically softening up his dad. And I said, yo, isn't it a trip, you know, our relationships with our dads? It's just, it's complicated, man, because we're similar. You know, we don't have, uh, we have so much in common that we just, we don't talk about certain things because that's not what men are taught to do. Right. Uh, we don't get emotional with our fathers and we don't, we don't share the things that we probably should be sharing so we could get past some of our traumas. We just don't. And, uh, and he was like, yeah, man, he goes, I had the same issue. And then, you know, and then we talked about how old our parents were and how we have to remember that, you know, that they were once kids and they were just trying to figure it out and they didn't do necessarily a bad job, but they didn't necessarily do the best job. Um, and as we get older, we forgive them for that. And we're glad that we're here and we're okay. You know, we're okay. At, Cause at some point we just got to take ownership. I've talked about that episodes and episodes and episodes ago. Um, you just take ownership. You don't use your past struggles as crutches. You just keep on trucking. you move forward. Um, so we were talking about that, and then he told me that there was a time when, you know, he saw his mom and his dad, and I forget, you know, specifically what the moment was, but he said he saw them together, uh, and he saw this look on his mom's face and his dad's face, and he was like, there it is. There it is. That's That's the look. That must have been the look. I could see it, you know, and I told him, I said, I had the same... I had the same um, thing happen when I was at my wedding. I I saw my mom sitting on the ledge of a of where the seating area was, and my dad was standing there, and he was looking up at her, and he had his arms on to her sides on the you know touching the ledge, and he was looking up to her like trying to convince her to dance. And I said I seen it there too, and it at that moment you remembered like hey. They were once little kids that were in love, you know, high school sweethearts and uh, had no clue how to make it work. You know, they tried their best and it didn't necessarily work out, but they tried. And he's like, yeah, I goes into the trip when you notice that. And he's like, yep. He goes, that's I had that moment with my mom and dad. And and I was like, yeah, the whole time I seen that, I was like, gosh, I hope they don't try a third time because. Please, I hope you learn your lesson. He started laughing. He's like, I know, I was saying the same thing. I hope they don't give it another run because, man, was it terrible. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's just good to, um, you know, I got to say, I, I don't I don't go out a whole lot anymore. My life, you know, you guys who follow me and are familiar with who I am, my life is really about my kids. Uh, and it's really about just, you know, just kind of staying in my own world and taking care of me and my kids and staying out the way, you know? Um, so I don't get a whole lot of adult conversation. Um, you know, uh, you know, I do a little bit with, with people from church, but, uh, there isn't a whole lot of people that I hang out with, um, and, and do things like that with. So, uh, having that conversation with Gene, uh, over some whiskey, the first day that I got to Arizona was very refreshing and I needed it.
you know, it's one of those things where you don't realize you need it until you have it. And I was glad we had that conversation because I, I, I realized that I needed to have that interaction. Anyways, um, Arizona was beautiful, by the way. I love Arizona. If you haven't been to Arizona, um, everybody's always like, oh, my gosh, it's so hot, so hot. It's unbearable. I mean, there are days that, yes, that it'll hit 116, 120. I've been out there, um, you know, but it's Arizona. I think the highest it hit out there was 101 when I was out there. Um, and yeah, that was hot, but I love Arizona, man. And so it's one of my favorite states. But uh, we did something very idiotic. Uh, <laughs> I told you guys we were going to go on a hike. And uh, the wedding was on Friday. I got in there on Thursday. And so we were going to wake up early on Friday before the wedding, which was at six o'clock at night. And we we're going to go hiking. Uh, so he's like, oh, man, pull up your app. You you pick the trail. Um, he's like, this is my first time in Arizona. So I just want to go on a hike. And I knew the only person here that would want to go on a hike was you because I see you hiking all the time. I said, all right, man, let's do it. I'll, I'll pick a trail. I'll find something intermediate. Uh, not too not too crazy, you know, in the in the three to five mile range. And he's like, yeah, let's do it. And I'm like, all right. He's like, I'll pick you up. I'll call you at seven o'clock in the morning and then I'll just come pick you up. I'm like, all right. I found a hike. <laughs> man. Said, hey, 5.2 miles. You'll be done in two, two and a half hours. Tops, you're good. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. So we get there. And uh, boy, I have to tell you something, man. Um, boy, uh, if I would have known what this hike entailed, uh, I would have, uh, I think at the end of the hike, we, we both looked at each other and we're like, you know, if we really knew what this hike was going to be, we probably would have did half of it and turned back around. Uh, it, this was easily one of the hardest hikes I had ever done in my life. Uh, it was 5.2 miles, but to get to the loop at this trail was literally a mile of uphill, a mile of uphill hiking through rocks and through the through the desert like you had to kind of watch where you were stepping because there could be snakes where these rocks were so it was a mile uh just under a mile to get to the loop and then when we got to the loop we like okay we're on the loop let's you know we're now gonna just go through this loop through you know through this trail and we're fine not the case this thing had continuous elevated areas that were going very, very high. Uh, at one point, I think we almost hit, uh, we were just under 2,000, uh, 2000 feet uh, elevation. Uh, and then it would drop down and then we'd go up again. But I just, I tell you, I think at mile number three and a half, Gene was like, man, this part right here, finally, my, you know, my calves are starting to burn, man. This is starting to get hard. I said, oh, just now? I said, uh, you should wait till you get in your 40s because my calves were burning from that first mile to get to the loop. And he started laughing. I go, man, this this is a very hard hike. You know, uh, the only thing that the app said was make sure you bring a lot of water uh, because it does get hot. And lo and behold, it was 91 when we started and it was 99 when we finished. Um, and it absolutely floored us. Um, very, very hard hike. But you know what? I'll tell you one thing. When we got to the bottom, we high-fived each other and we were happy we did it because, I don't know, man, Gene's like me. Gene is, um, 
Gene is, uh, he is a go-getter, man. That dude is a savage. So, uh, he does CrossFit and all that. Um, I don't do CrossFit. I'm sure he would kick my, you know what, uh, if I try to do CrossFit, he's just a beast. Uh, but Gene's kind of one of those dudes, man. Like, Hey, we committed to do something. Let's do it. You know, no matter how hard it is, we're going to start it and we're going to finish it. So, uh, we high-fived each other and we were happy we did it. And, um, and that was that, uh, we did see a, um, a coyote right when we were getting to the last maybe quarter mile coming down, a coyote literally ran right in front of us and we stopped and I was like, yo, did you see that? Coyote just ran right in front of us and took up, took on, uh, took up, took, excuse me, took off right up the hill. Um, so yeah, that was crazy. Anyways, uh, I'm recording this in the wee hours of the morning, so if I sound like I'm tired or I'm stuttering or whatever, I'm trying to keep it together here, but I needed to get this podcast out, uh, so bear with me, and I'm sipping some wonderful, wonderful green tea right now, um, anyway, so that was our hike, um, so we went and he dropped me off, I did some Uber Eats, and I got some uh, L&L, and, which was well-deserved. And, uh, then I took a, no, I ate some L and L and then I said, we both said, Hey, cause we were at different hotels. We said, we're going to hit the pool. Going to hit the pool. Got to hit the pool. I almost took a nap, but I, I headed on down to the pool and, uh, I got in the water and, uh, it was, uh, lovely, lovely because man, after a hike like that and, and being in that heat, that water just felt like magic. So here's the funny part about being at the pool, right? So in Arizona, you don't really want to pass out at a pool, okay? Because you'll literally cook. Like it's that's how hot it is outside, right? So you don't want to pass out out there. Like it's not like a normal, like a California day where where I live at, um, you know. And you can just be poolside and pass out and just keep your shades on and you're good. Arizona, that you just don't want to do that. It's not smart. So what did I do? I did the not smart thing. I passed out. Uh, <laughs> but it, it gets funny because so I'm, you know, I get in the pool, I'm doing my thing and I'm like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to tan cause I'm super pale. Um, uh, and, uh, so I, I'm, I lay on this, on the uh, recliner and, um, I'm out. I was reading a book, but then I just passed out. And, uh, I remember like coming to right away and I'm like, oh man, my throat's dry. I got to get in this water. And I get up and I, put my slippers on because you can't even walk on the pavement out there like it's that hot so I put my slippers on and I walk to the edge of the pool and I get in and there was this couple that was across from me uh that was in the water and and the girl uh goes wow she goes me and my husband were gonna walk over there and and she's like I was gonna tell I told him we should probably go wake him up like he shouldn't be passed out out here and and her husband said, yeah, he's not moving. We should go check on him. I started laughing. I said, man, I appreciate you guys, man. I, I was I was out. I said, but I woke up and I was like, oh, my God, I'm thirsty. And, you know, and, and so I drank some water and I'm like, I got to get in the water. And uh, they were laughing. And lo and behold, uh, this couple happened to be going to my boy's wedding because uh, I was at the hotel that the majority of the rooms were blocked off for the wedding um, and people who were flying in out of town. So, uh, I ended up knowing, I remember the woman from Denver when I lived out there, that was one of Mondo's really good friends. And I had met her back then, uh, shoot, they were in their early twenties and now she's married. She just got, I think she has three kids now with, uh, this, uh, with her husband, this 
cat who's super, super cool. And um, so, yeah, we ended up talking a little bit. And then I went and took myself up into the uh, room and uh, got my clothes ironed, took a nap for about an hour and uh, got ready for the wedding. Um, You know, for those of you who saw the pictures of my uh, I got a lot of people that were hitting me on my DM talking about my vest. you know, I got to be real with you. It's it's something new. I've been trying all these new things. And one of them was the look. I tried to, you know, I'm like, I'm going to, everybody's like, man, it's like a Western look. I, You look good, man. Like, it's, it fits you. Uh, even my kid's mom said that. She's like, wow, I've never seen you dressed like that. That's awesome. You look good like that. It's like a, it's like a Western look. And I started laughing. I'm like, why is everybody saying that? So I kind of, I took a picture in the mirror and I'm like, I mean, I guess I could see it, but I, you know, I was, I, you guys seen, I bought some boots. I bought my first pair of boots that I spent just under a hundred bucks to get some really nice boots. Um, and I have never owned boots. These are cowboy boots. I've never owned boots. And these are the square tip ones. Um, bought my first pair of boots. I had some nice slacks, um, like fitted slacks and then, a, a nice button up brown, a light brown shirt to match the boots. And I had a, a black leather vest. And, um, and I, you know, shoot, man, this is a new style for me. I tried it and it's kind of worked. So I felt good about that. And like I told you guys, I don't dress up a whole lot. So I did the one time for Easter at church and my remember my kids loved it. Remember I kept, kept telling you guys, they said, oh, that's my boss jacket. They said, man, dad, you look like a boss wearing that blazer. Uh, this was another time I, I got dressed and apparently people like when I get dressed up. So I'm going to, you know. I may, I may do it a little bit more these days. Who knows? Um, but it was nice, man. It was nice to get dressed, uh, you know, and, and and I don't know. I'm starting to get a little bit more comfortable getting dressed up. Uh, so uh, I did that. And then uh, I was really happy because I remembered my flask. Uh, I told myself, get a flask, bring it because Gene makes his own whiskey. All right. That's the other thing that Gene does is why I call him uh, Martha Stewart. Gene makes his own whiskey at home. So uh, so he brought me some of his whiskey and uh, put it in my flask, put my flask in my pocket, my jacket, my vest pocket. And I was off to the wedding. Uh, so I was ready, man. Uh, and just feeling good, you know, going to see my boy who I love to death, Mondo. Uh, I haven't seen him in years and uh, just just excited to be at the wedding. And uh, so took off, uh, got to see some, you know, some really great old friends. Here's some stories from back in the days. And um, uh, you guessed it, man. Uh, It was an outdoor wedding uh, and for like the first 20, 30 minutes. And then they went inside. But uh, it was very, very beautiful. Um, And you guessed it, man. Uh, Outdoor allergies, right? At least that's what I was telling everybody. But yeah, man, uh, I, I'm one of those, man. I love weddings. Uh, like I said on my last podcast, uh, you know, um, or two podcasts ago, I love love. And um, I loved seeing my boy up there with uh, with his bride and and sharing this union and talking about his love for her and how they met. Um, and. You know, I thought, I thought that I would, the next time I went to a wedding that I would be uh, reminiscing about how things didn't work out for mine. And that wasn't it. It wasn't it at all. I wasn't, 
I, it never crossed my mind. What crossed my mind was how much I loved weddings and how much I love seeing people in love, especially people that I know. And um, I was just very, very happy to, first of all, to be invited. Um, anytime someone invites you to a wedding, that is probably the most love someone could show you. Uh, and because they're telling you you're important to me, it's important that you're there. Um, because that you know, the re- weddings are expensive, you know, they have to pay for everybody who shows up there. So, um, the fact that I was there and got invited made me feel really special, and I was happy about that. Um, and I'm just, just glad I got to see. You know, a lot of the friends that I made while I was in Denver, I got to meet some really cool people. I got to meet his wife. Um, and I just feel very, very blessed to have been able to be a part of that. And um, I'm thankful. Mondo, if you're listening, uh, man, I, I I couldn't be more happier for you, man. I, I love the hell out of you, bro. I really do. And I'm just super, super happy for you. Um, what else? Uh, you know. I, uh, I had to catch a red eye, um, but before, hold on, give me one second, I gotta adjust this, okay, here we go, um, I had to catch a red eye, so I didn't stay, the, the wedding ended at about 11, 30, 12, midnight, and, um, I just knew that I had to catch a red eye, I had to fly back, um, because, I, like you guys know, I coach baseball, um, and I have kids, I can't just be gone for, an obscene amount of time. I got to make sure that I'm on a schedule. So uh, I had to catch a red eye um, that next morning to get back in time to coach uh, the game that I needed to coach for my kids. Uh, and then my oldest had a double header. So he was playing for the juniors, which is an older team uh, right after that. So we had a complete full day that following day. So um, I made sure that uh, while I was taking my whiskey shots or drinking my whiskey on ice that I was substituting water in between. So I would finish a small little whiskey. I would drink some water. And and that was kind of my rotation throughout the night um, to kind of keep me even kill and make sure that I didn't have a, you know, that I didn't have a a hangover or to minimize my hangover, so to say. Um, So yeah, that was that. Uh, I had to catch a plane. Uh, I think my flight let was scheduled to leave at six o'clock. So I had to be at the airport super early. So I just caught an airport, uh, uh, an Uber to the airport at around probably four thirty or so. So yeah, I was tired. I was very, very tired. Um, but Hey, duty calls, that's what dads are supposed to be doing, or that's what responsible dads do. And that's what I did. All right. So I, anyways, I had a, a great, great time at the wedding. Um, and I was happy to be out there in Arizona and, and to really just enjoy my time out there and share this beautiful union with my friends. Um, and then I got back on a red eye and headed back to California. Uh, I had a stop in L.A. Uh, that was brief to switch planes. And then I got back to San Jose probably about 10 o'clock, a little after 10 o'clock. And I had to be at the baseball field by 1130 and, and get to coaching. And you guys will be happy to know we got the win against a very good team we won again and then uh my kid went off to juniors and we went out there and uh that was a little bit more of a tough game but uh my kid's up there and he's just getting reps he's not even supposed to be playing with these older kids but he's up there just getting reps learning the game and getting better so i couldn't be more proud of him and my little guy 
Jaden, my little guy, he's about to be 10 in like 10 days. He played with the 14-year-olds, and he did well. So, uh, you know, I'm just a proud father, man. You know, my kids are working hard in school, and they're working hard in sports, and I I'm just couldn't be more proud. Um, so with that being said, um, I'm going to jump off into the final part of this podcast, which was, you know, me talking about what the key is to love and sustaining a long relationship, um, and just how to make that work. You know, um, as you heard in the beginning, you know, I referenced speaking to my grandmother before she had passed away and her telling me, um, what the key was and the key was communication. Um, you know, I, I keep going back to that, you know, that memory of talking to Gene at, out by the pool about marriage and divorce. And um, and I remember him smiling when I said that I, I, I still love marriage. Um, and even understanding my failures, um, you know, and the failures of my parents and their marriage, I still love marriage. I still love that union. And I told him that I was I was happy that I just I wasn't bitter that I still love it. Um, and I, and anytime someone were to ask me, I would tell them, Hey man, uh, I wouldn't change anything, even though I'm not married anymore. Uh, I'm not looking back saying, I wish I never did it. Um, because I did it because I wanted to, and because I was in love. Um, and I have two beautiful kids from, from that unity, that union, excuse me. And, um, you know, going on uh, going on five years. Uh, you know, was it yeah, four and a half, four and a half years? Uh, I'm just glad to say that I can look back and say, you know, I don't regret anything, um, and that I, you know, I I thought that I was going to be in a place where I was like, you know, I hate marriage. I'm never going to do it again. In fact, that's what I was saying up to about a year and a half ago, I was saying, I'm never doing it again. I don't want to ever feel that pain again. Um, but I'm glad I'm not there anymore. Um, because I wouldn't be someone you would want to invite to your, um, to your, to your wedding. Why would you invite someone like that to your wedding? You want people there that are, that are happy and want to see you, uh, see you happy and they, and want to share your, uh, celebration with you. Um, so, I'm just glad and, and, and having that conversation with Gene, um, I think he appreciated that. Cause again, you know, Gene is searching for his, you know, his, his piece to his puzzle. And, um, I told him he'll get there. You know, Gene doesn't have any kids. He's, he is about the flyest bachelor I know. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I told him, I said, man, someone is going to be, very blessed to land you, man. You are a great, great man. And uh, whoever lands you, man, they are going to get a champ in all sense of the words. Um, anyways. You know, <sighs> recently I let my guard down and uh, I took a chance. 
I don't know why I heard that movie, you know, Bronx Tale. Uh, Bronx Tale is one of my favorite movies. And I remember when C or Cologeno got busted uh, with that money, you know, from running numbers for the mob uh, by his dad, who was Robert De Niro. And uh, he got busted with all this money. And, um, you know, his mom said, uh, you know, what are you going to do about it? Telling Robert De Niro, what are you going to do about it? He's got this money. He tried to lie, you know, and uh, I forget what he said, but uh, his mom said, how dare you? Why would you do that? And the kid said, I took a chance. And then the mom looked at Robert De Niro and Robert De Niro said, what are you going to do? He took a chance. (laughs) Not to go off on a tangent, but that's when I just said that, I started thinking about that. And, um, you know, I, I let my guard down and I took a chance like, see, <laughs> I'm really big on Italian movies, but I, I took a chance. And what I mean by that is, well, here goes nothing. Uh, I, uh, I told someone I've known for, uh, three years that I love them. And in return, um, this person said that, uh, that she loved me too. And uh, that was a huge step for for me because, uh, you know, there are no guarantees, you know. There's no guarantees with love. And, uh, you know, coming coming from where I came from over the last few years, uh, that's just a huge, huge step. Um, one that, uh, I was like, you know, I'm just going to do it. This is how I feel. And, uh, I'm going to say it and, you know, and hope that it goes well and hope that this person feels the same. And, uh, she did, uh, It's, it's crazy because, um, I hate saying it's crazy because I think that's like a, people use that, that little saying to get to the next thought because they don't know what to say. So I scratch that. It's not crazy. Um, it's interesting because, you know, I've went on a few dates and, um, you know, nothing kind of, nothing really clicked, you know, uh, like I said Previously in another podcast, I've met some very wonderful people, um, but, you know, and we're friends, but nothing has really stuck, you know, nothing felt like it was, it didn't feel like the peace, you know, um, I don't know how to explain it, like, great people, great conversation, but it just didn't feel like that, I don't know, looking, looking down the line that it was just going to be the, the connection. I don't know. I, it just didn't. I really don't know how to explain that. Well, I can tell you this. I, um, I deleted all the profiles that I had on uh, a few of the dating apps that I was on. I hated dating apps. Um, I, I couldn't stand them. Um, but, you know, what are you going to do when you're in your 40s? You're going to go club hopping. You're going to go run around and, you know, hang out with a bunch of 20-something-year-olds and, and, and deal with that. Nah, not me. And, you know, especially with 
everything that went on last year. It's not like you can run around and, and meet anybody. So, you know, that was the new era. That's, that's the new era of meeting people and, and whatnot. But, uh, I went and deleted the profiles that I had up for, uh, these apps. Um, you know, and I'll be honest, I sent a few text messages. I sent a few DMS, uh, tried to make a few calls, uh, just to kind of, to be a grown up about it, to, to, to tell people, you know, that I felt needed to know, you know, Hey, uh, I'm going to give this thing a shot. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to give this a shot, you know, I'm uh, I'm going to get back on the horse and I'm going to, I'm going to find out where this goes because it feels right. And I just want to be, I want to be a good guy. I want to, I want to be up front and say, Hey man, like, you know, for what it's worth, uh, this is kind of where I'm at with this person right now. And I just, I need to, I need to give my hundred percent to this, to, to, to see where this goes. Um, and you know, the people that I reached out to were cool about it. They were matter of fact, they were happy. Um, you know, it's kind of, it's crazy what people appreciate. They appreciate honesty. And that was another thing that I talked to Gene about, you know, women for, for the most part, they love honesty. Just be real. Just be upfront. Let me know what you want. Let me know what you don't want, but just don't lie to me. Just tell me. Tell me up front, give me the option to say, yes, I'm in or no, I'm out. And I know I've said that in the previous podcast as well. Um, so that's, that's why I did that. You know, I, I wasn't committed to anybody, but I, you know, I had spent some time with a few people here and there, nothing significant, but, um, but I just felt like, you know, the good thing to do was to just be up front. So there's no awkward moments of, you know, late night phone calls or late night text messages and, and making people feel uncomfortable and all this whatnot, you know, um, and that's, that's what I did. Uh, and it, like when I, so when I say this was a big step for me, this is a big step, you know, um, it just says, uh, you know, this person, you know, I had the talks as well, you know, did the, did the whole talk and just let people that are close to me know that, Hey, you know, um, I'm giving, I'm giving this chance. I'm dating now, uh, you know, exclusively. And I just want you to know, and, um, I just want everybody to be on the same page. And, uh, she did the same. And, uh, you know, for both of us, it was, uh, it was, it, it was, it was hard because, you know, there's emotions involved when you go to people that you have, um, history with and whether they've moved on or, or haven't, you still have history with them. And it's, it's never just a, Hey, by the way, you know, if you're a good person, it isn't, um, it's kind of, it's a process, you know, and and one that takes some figuring out before you go and just dive in and say, by the way, you know, and, uh, she is uh, a mother. She has a son, um, you know, and obviously I'm a father. So there's that. And, you know, it's just, 
we the way to approach this is just being up front and and just letting everybody who is important in that circle uh know where we're at uh, so that was a bit of a process and you know for the most part we got through that you know and and um now you know we move forward and god willing uh this uh is turns into something great. I think it can be great. Um, and I believe she thinks it can be great as well. Uh, but it's going to take some work. You know, it's going to take, uh, it's just going to take a lot of work from, from both of us. Um, you know, but I think it's, I think it's going to work. You know, I, I pray on it every day. And, uh, I prayed, to God and hopefully, you know, and I, and I've asked God to, Hey, you know, please bless this and, and know that I'm letting my guard down and I'm giving love a chance again. And, uh, I pray that you, uh, you put your hands on this relationship and hopefully it works. Um, so there's that I'm, ex I'm excited about that. Um, it's, I don't know. I feel good. I don't know if that's coming through, but it's, I feel good. Um, you know, we, we have this connection, uh, you know, connections don't lie and sparks don't lie either. And that's what's there. There's sparks. There's a connection. There is fireworks there's everything um and we just hit on so many levels man um it's just it's it, i'll be honest with you uh the both of us if you had us here right now side by side uh she would tell you uh i'm scared it scares the hell out of me and i would tell you hey i'm i'm just as scared because hey you know She's had her own stuff going on. I've had my own stuff going on. Obviously, if you listen to my podcast and we've, and we just want to make sure that, uh, we don't let any of that past stuff affect what we got right here. Um, so it's going to take some work from, from both of us, but we're, we're up for it. Um, and, um, uh, you know, Hey, keep us in your prayers. <laughs> I'll talk a little bit more about, you know, about that as this podcast, um, as my life continues, you know, um, so you know how it goes anyways. Um, that's where I'm at with this right now. Um, I want to talk about, uh, finding the piece to your puzzle and, um, you know, going back to my boy Mondo, uh, you know, he spent years raising, uh, his two nephews, uh, as his own kids, you know, his sister had kids really young and, uh, he took it upon himself to help raise those kids, um, uh, as you know, not only their uncle, but uh, like a father figure. And, um, you know, then he meets, uh, his wife and she has a daughter and now his daughter is basically, or her daughter is basically his daughter she looks at him as a father figure and uh, it's crazy because excuse me, there I go. It's crazy. It's interesting because it was almost like he was 
training and learning to be a father to his nephews and preparing himself for what he didn't know was coming down the line. And that was his wife now and her having a daughter and her, him knowing how to care for another person aside from himself, you know, and she was that piece to his puzzle and he was ready. And I love that. I love that part of their story. Um, you know, I go back to Jean and, uh, you know, he's preparing himself for whoever she is in his future, you know, financially, physically, mentally. And, uh, you know, when she appears, he'll be ready. Um, and, you know, we're laughing. We're calling him the last of the Mohicans. And uh, but I told him, I said, you know, be excited because when you get there, it's going to be a celebration. When you get married and you find the woman uh, or she finds you and then you decide to get married and you have kids like because you're the last person, it's going to be a party, man. It's going to be a celebration. People are going to be excited about it. So be ready. Um, and he knows that, you know, um, and I'm excited for that day because, uh, like I said, Gene's a, a fantastic, fantastic guy. Uh, and me, you know, while I was at that wedding, uh, I sat next to uh, the woman and her husband that I had ran into at the swimming pool at my hotel and um, her name was Natasha and uh, I met Natasha like I said years ago um, in Denver uh, prior to her being married um, you know I met her briefly a couple of times through Mondo uh, that was a, an old friend of theirs from school uh, but she reminded me so much of the person that I have here back at home because she had this fiery attitude, this passion about sports. And, uh, you know, she had kids, she coaches volleyball and, um, you know, uh, Natasha does and her, she has a son as well, which is her baby that plays baseball. And the way she was talking about sports and being just so fiery and had so much attitude and opinion about the way kids are coached and the way they play the game and people being lazy and she can't stand it. And her husband laughing, saying, man, she's crazy, right? Listen to her. He's like, sometimes I have to just tell her, calm down. And she's like, no, I won't calm down. These coaches need to do this. These coaches need to do that and blah, 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 blah. And, um, I couldn't help but sit there and listen to her and look at her talk and, and go, man, she reminds me of the person that I have back home. And at that moment, uh, I realized something. I couldn't wait to get home to see someone again. And that right there is a feeling I haven't had in a long, long time. You know, I'm used to coming home and you know, missing my kids and seeing my kids, but it's been a long time since I've come home, um, and, you know, had someone to come home to and, and, and looked forward to coming home to, and seeing somebody and having that conversation with Natasha and her husband, um, and her reminding me so much of this person here that I have at home made me realize that, that man, I'm, I'm looking forward to coming home. And uh, that's a feeling that I just haven't had in a long, long time. Um, and, you know, it feels good. I use the term 
100 to 100, meaning, you know, I'll match your 100 if you match my 100, Um, you know, with regards to relationship. And Natasha said this to me, um, you know, while talking to her and her husband. And she said, you know, I learned this. She's like, not to tell you how to do things, but she's like, I learned it this way. And maybe this will help. She said, some days you're going to be at 60%. And you're going to have to see if she can pick up that other 40% for you guys. And then someday she may be down at 30%. And you'll need to pick up the 70%. But the goal is to keep it at 100. Always. Together. Because you're not 100% every day. She's like, some days I wake up, you know, and I, I... I get my coffee and I just can't get it together. My, my kids are driving me crazy. I'm not happy. My day is not starting off right. And I'm at 30%. And my husband knows that, well, today's where I got to get that 70% and I got to, I got to pick it up. I got to carry the load today. And together we make it a hundred percent for the day and we get through it. There are never days that I'm at 20, 30% and then he's at 20, 30% because those are the days that we're just not going to make it. But we always, always keep it at 100% and pick each other up. Some days he's down, I pick up the slack. Some days I'm down, he picks up the slack. And, uh, man, that spoke to me. That was a really good way of looking at it. I had never heard it that way before. And uh, that really spoke to me. You should always try to make sure that your relationship hits 100%, even on the days that you struggle. Otherwise, you're just not going to make it. And I think I, uh, I said this a couple of podcasts ago where I said I got comfortable in marriage and that's my fault. And what I mean by that is I wasn't that 70% on days that she was 30%. When she was at 30%, I was probably at 30% too. And it's just never going to work. It just doesn't work that way. That's not the way relationships work. Not relationships that you want to last for a lengthy, you know, a lengthy amount of time. Not the relationships that, like my grandfather and my grandmother had. You know, they went through so much stuff growing up, being in love for so many years. Um, but they got it. And as I watched my grandfather clean, uh, clean my. Uh, my grandmother's feet. I watched him comb her hair. I watched him put lotion on her hands. I uh, I remember offering to help him. Uh, I said, hey, why don't you take a break? Let me help you out. 
And he said, no, I got it. I said, you need some rest. And he said to me, you know, she took care of me in this family her entire life. I owe her this. I owe her everything. But I owe her this. And, uh, I let him do what he needed to do because uh, I knew she wasn't going to be with us very much longer. Communication. If you're searching for the key, the key is communication. When it comes to love, when it comes to marriage, communication even when you fail even when you fall apart even when you come up short even when uh, you're angry you're sad communicate and you can get through anything that's all I have thank you for listening to episode 35 of the uh Perfect Mess Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Molina. You can follow me on Instagram at It's Ray Molina. The podcast Instagram is The Perfect Mess Pod. My website is raymolina.com. As always, I've got merchandise. You can listen and watch the uh, podcast there. You can look at any reviews from books that I'm reading. Uh, You name it, it's there. raymolina.com. And uh, for those who would like to continue to donate and help out, it's not required. Uh, I really This podcast operates by word of mouth, and we're doing quite well. But uh, if you would like to donate, um, I use Cash App, and my Cash App is dollar sign It's Ray Molina. Again, I'm on Instagram, at It's Ray Molina, uh, and the Perfect Mess Pod is the podcast Instagram. All right. Um, I really appreciate you guys uh, for continuing to support this podcast and everything that I've been doing. Um, It means a lot. So please continue to share, like, review, subscribe, follow, um, comment, do all these things. We're on YouTube as well. Um, So, yeah, that's that. Um, And like I always say, my life isn't perfect. Oftentimes it's a mess, but it's my mess. And for me... It is the perfect mess. I love you guys. I hope you have a very, very blessed day. God bless. Peace. Perfect mess is my perfect mess. Perfect mess